everyone. Welcome to the We Don't Watch Everything podcast, the only podcast that is recording today in order to celebrate Emma Watson's birthday. It's news to me. I actually, I think it actually is. I should have check ourselves. I should have fact checked this. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Sorry. She turns thirty-three tomorrow. Happy birthday, Emma! By the time this episode comes out, she will be thirty. There you go. There we go. Spin it. Sorry if that wasn't what you were expecting, but <laughs> had to shout out Bay. I don't know. Hi, Ben. Hey. That's Ben. I'm Phil. This is the you We Don't Watch Emma Everything podcast. Before you mentioned me, I am pretty normal. Not day. offended at all. Pretty normal Thursday in April, I'd say. <laughs> this is the We Don't Watch Everything podcast. This is the show we do every Thursday. We talk about TVs. We talk about movies. In a pretty light tone. We're not critics by any means. We just like talking about stuff we watch. And boy, did we watch a lot of stuff this week. Piled it on. Not really. We we watched a couple <laughs> movies. Later on in the show, we're going to give you a movie swap that we do. We swapped two movies that maybe on the outside don't seem rather similar. But then you crack them both open and you realize that's the same nougaty taste you come to love. And uh, there's actually quite a bit that's going on there that uh, ties them together. Yeah, and that once we got into it, we kind of figured that out. Yeah. The the real nougat was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. But before we get there, Ben, have you uh, have you been watching anything else besides those movies this week, or have you just been busy doing other stuff? Um. Well, I watched a few movies. I watched the movie Swap Ones. I did watch Gladiator. Um, oh, watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, I just went back to some feel good classics. Okay, um, okay. Feel good for different reasons. Um, Monty Python, one of the best comedy movies ever made. We should um, do Life of Brian sometime as well. That, that funny enough, because like I was reading about it after I finished watching, and Life of Brian is actually considered like higher on the list. It is, yeah. Like Monty, like Holy Grail is like a little bit more well known. But Life of Brian is like sneakily good. I I personally prefer Holy Grail. Yeah. But I, I think Life of Brian. Life, Life of Brian has a little more like heart to it. Yeah. It's a little more clever. Where sure. Monty Python, just everything about it is so ridiculous and so memorable. She turned me into a newt. I got better. <laughs> and also the fact you figure out that like they're all playing like different characters in the same movie. Like that guy is the same guy who plays Lance a lot. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, and then on a completely different tone, Gladiator, always a classic. That's not the completely different tone. There's swords. Yeah, there are. Did you know that won a Best Picture? Yeah. It doesn't quite strike me as like Best Picture material. I mean, it's a great movie, but it's a little bit Who's the director on that? That was uh, a Ridley Scott. Yeah. Ridley Scott, Russell Crowe. Yeah, I mean, it's it. they had the name power behind it, and it was a long movie, remember? Yeah. But, um... I've also picked up uh, an old favorite, uh, the show Nathan for You. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll refrain from talking about that until we have the proper company to properly analyze it. But yeah. I don't know who that might be. There were some pretty good movies nominated um, that year for Best Picture. Yeah, that's the other thing is maybe, I don't know if it just like had weak company to go up against. Uh, if the quick Google search I did gave me an accurate list, it um, Cider House Rules, shout out Toby, The Green Mile, 
an all-time classic. Have you seen the Green Mile? I've seen like it. I've seen it in parts. You, I think you'd really like the Green Mile uh, and the Sixth Sense. And it beat all those. Did yeah. I mean, Sixth Sense is probably referenced more in pop culture than the Gladiator yeah. is, but not. I oh, yeah, actually, Gladiator gets referenced a lot. Certain parts of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't really have an issue with. I mean, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the Green Mile. Hmm. But I don't. Did Philadelphia come out before or after the Green Mile? Because if Tom Hanks already got his win, then I kind of understand him giving it to someone else. Hmm. But any, I mean, Russell Crowe. This is like him at his absolute best in Gladiator, I think. And they also just put so much effort into this the whole spectacle of it like they literally built a replica coliseum see people probably went nuts for that and voted for it and it's a good movie though it deserved it yeah great great movie enough about me what have you been watching oh man um did i talk about the girl from plainview yes plainville last week so another episode of that came out it's starting to get intense they're starting to get more into the courtroom of it all um, which has been fun. Still a pretty sad story. And they're trying to get in. They're they're just now starting to get into like the why did she do this? And that part I don't care nearly as much about. But it's still Ella Fanning and it's, it's still a well-made show. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. Uh, I binged every available episode of The Dropout. Which is a new Hulu show starring Amanda Seyfried. Uh, about the, have you heard of the company Theranos? That strikes me as like medication fraud. Yes, it was big medication fraud. And uh, Amanda plays the CEO, Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, I've seen a trailer for this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, this show is freaking awesome. I literally could not stop. I, I picked it up on Monday when I got into a hotel and I was just watching on my computer. I watched three episodes straight, and then I was like, you know, I, I got to go work out. And I, and I just sat on the elliptical. I didn't sit on the elliptical. I ran on the elliptical. <laughs> just went sat on and it. And <laughs> watched an entire episode while working out, and then got back to the room and literally, like, mounted my phone up above the shower so I could so keep watching. <laughs> so I, like, I literally was like, I can't even stop watching the show to take a shower. And <laughs> I, you know it's good. I watched, like, two-thirds of an episode in the shower. And it was actually, I think, probably a new habit I'm going to pick up. Not too while much information in at all. <laughs> um, one thing off the, off the bat I'll uh, observe about this is uh, Naveen Andrews. Um, Saeed from Lost is a that's who that thank you (laughs) I I I he doesn't look he he, he's grown a lot like he doesn't look right I mean Lost ended literally 12 years ago but literally his voice the whole time so far I was like where have I heard this voice before thank you oh I could have just looked it up but I I it was it was killing me that I could not figure that out. Uh, there's some other familiar faces as well. Michaela Watkins, um, Kurtwood Smith for the That 70s Show fan. Um, Ann Archer, the mom from Sandlot. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why she's showing up so much lately. I think it was. Maybe she just looks like her. This has all sorts of fun little nuggets. Yeah, whatever. 
Probably not. I don't think it's her. But shout out to the mom from Sandlot. That's all. That's all the familiar faces. Oh, Sam Waterston is in it. Lots of lawyers, lots of professors, lots of medical fraud going on. And it just kind of goes to show you that if you have a good idea, don't lie about it being fully thought out just to keep it going. Like maybe just fully get it finished before you. What if that's what this show ends up being where it starts out super great as a good idea and then you realize they don't know where they're going with it. That could be very like <coughs> <I> lost. <coughs> Come on, Naveen. Yeah, I blame Naveen and Andrews for that. But yeah, shows this show's real good. I would check it out. Okay, all right. Um, my little sister told me to watch it, so shout out to her. And where is this? Is this? This is a Hulu, Hulu? original. Okay. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Uh, and Amanda is really good. I need to find some old videos of Elizabeth Holmes to like figure out how good the the performance is because she talks in like a really low voice a lot it's Mm -hmm. um it's cool i'm really fascinated by amanda seafood's career like you get to know her as like the super dumb girl and mean girls and then it's like oh she was in mank it's like what what like and then you just kind of examine. She actually is a really amazing, talented actress. And you have to really be into talented. musicals, apparently. Mamma Mia. Les Miserables and Mamma Mia. I haven't seen Les Mis, uh, so I don't know what role she plays. But I have seen both Mamma Mias. Because that's who I am. <laughs> no shame. I'm confident in who I am, Ben. Thanks. <laughs> Anything else you've been watching? Um, I haven't gotten to the new episode of Moon Knight yet, but that's the next thing on the list. Neither have I. You haven't gotten to any episodes of Moon Knight. No. Wear it as a badge of honor. The uh, So Bryce Dallas Howard, one of the Star Wars TV show directors um, that's worked on Mando and Boba Fett, came out and said that, like, came out and hyped up the Ahsoka show, like, big time. Oh, so it's going to be awesome. Not that, not that that needs any hyping. No, it doesn't. But to have like one of the directors come out and just so confidently like stake a flag and how amazing it's going to be, yeah, uh, gets me super, super excited yeah. for that. Good stuff. That's all I got. There's a movie in theaters right now that I really want to go see this weekend, and, and I need all of your guys' support to convince Ben to go with me because. I mean, I'll go alone. I don't care. But, what, what movie? Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I think that's what it's called. I haven't the slightest clue, so I'm going to need more convincing. Oh, Winning Time. I've been watching Winning Time, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just one episode a week. It's been good. Now, is that... I know it's about the Lakers. Is yeah. that like... Historical fiction type of thing. Is that- yeah, it's about the era when Gene, uh, Dr. Buss bought the team and they just drafted Magic Johnson in the same year and, and whatnot. And uh, I don't know if I don't, I'd have to fact check this, but Pat Riley joined the team as an announcer. Uh, Magic Johnson got drafted, and um, that's, a, that's a real thing. He started his career as an announcer. Um, and uh, Dr. Buss all got to the Lakers in the same year. 
I, I don't, I'm just saying like, that's like a crazy coincidence. Oh yeah. And then we just got to the part of the season where their new coach, uh, got in a really bad bike accident and has been in a coma and the, uh, assistant coach, Paul Westhead played by none other than Mr. Jason Segal had to, uh, take over, which that's all historically ac- accurate. And, uh, later on a year or two later, Pat Riley would take over as coach. Is it more or less of a crap show than what the Lakers are right now? <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> um, it's objectively speaking. No, I know, I know. Uh, behind scenes, it is a huge like the actual politics of what's going on with like the Lakers at this time. Behind the scenes is a huge crap show, but Doctor Bus in the show is so charming and charismatic that he kind of hides it all and they kind of are just like pushing their way through until they're making, until they can make money. (laughs) Um, But they accidentally, like they build a team where it's like, well, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Michael Cooper, and all these other guys are on this team. So like, they're probably going to be a really good basketball team. So they will make money, but it, it is also focusing on how like the Lakers kind of revolutionized, like what going to a basketball game was like. Oh yeah, where there's fans on the sidelines and there's or half or I don't know, is it called sidelines in basketball? I believe so. Yeah, they're courtside. Courtside, and there's dancers and there's music and all whatnot. It's a so whole deal. It's a whole shandiug. Um, but yeah, that's that's not much to report. It's just been good. I don't know. It's been fun. It's fun basketball history and being a Lakers fan. It's a it's a nice little. Thing they did for LA sports fans because they never do anything. Nothing for ever us. gets done. They never do anything for us LA Everyone sports fans. Everyone forgets about you. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah. Well, today's episode was completely planned by Ben, as I found out yesterday that we were going to do a movie swap. Gotcha. For two movies that I'm not really sure why we are swapping them. With Rounders, it was because you told me a line from that movie. And I thought it was a funny line. It is a funny line. And then I said, okay, let's movie swap because I have a movie I want you to watch. They're not really related at all. There's similarities. There are, I guess, now that now that I've seen them both. But I wouldn't have known that going in. Rounders came out in 1998. Sugar came out in 2008, so the last digit is an 8. R and S are next to each other in the alphabet. Rounder starts with R, sugar starts with S. (laughs) Um, And at the center of both movies, there is a character who is conflicted about the pursuit of his passion. Yeah, there you go. And it also gave some kind. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of money is at stake. Yes. They both in New, they both end up in New York too. I guess we could have let off with that. Well, yeah, yeah. New York is a big setting. We never did get to see Yankee Stadium in either. There was the part in Sugar where oh, he rides a subway, sees it briefly. He rides a subway. Oh, he did see it, yeah. So he can see it for like five seconds. But yeah. Well, we watched maybe, two maybe movies. we should back up a little bit. <laughs> the, the two movies we watched were Sugar and Rounders. Um, which one do we want to start with? This is all you, man. You tell me. All right. Well, we just finished wrapping up watching Sugar, so let's start with that one. Okay. Um, 
Both movies streaming on HBO Max. Yeah, oddly enough. Uh, Sugar is an HBO original, believe oh. it or not. Um, I didn't really even know that was a thing. But um, poor, poor Ben. <laughs> uh, do you want to try to describe the plot of Sugar in 30 seconds? Oh, yeah, I forgot. This is how we do this. <laughs> it's been a minute since yeah. we've done a movie. So. <clears throat> okay, and whenever you're ready. Sugar is the story of a 20-year-old Dominican Republic baseball player nicknamed Sugar who is trying to earn his way onto an American roster um, from a big league camp in the DR. Uh, And he gets invited to spring training and then gets the call up to single A. And through seeing how the ball club treats individual people, is really conflicted about playing baseball and decides to walk away to pursue a life of selling donuts in New York. That was very clean in 29 seconds. Well, that's why I'm the king, baby. Yeah, so this is really a sports movie on its surface, um, but it lacks, I guess, a lot of that formulaic stuff. It's much more like a biography, I'd say. It's really, really heavily reliant on Miguel's character. I think he's literally in every single scene in this movie. I don't think there's any scenes that like don't involve him. Um, uh, not one comes to mind. Yeah, but. I've only seen it once. So, <laughs> uh, this, but it was yeah, today. This is yeah. This is one of my favorite sports movies. Um, period. Maybe maybe my favorite baseball movie. Um, but what are your thoughts having just watched it? It's a very good movie. I I don't know if the first. I don't know if I would even describe it as a sports movie all that much. Like sports doesn't isn't taking the lead role in what's going on here. But obviously he's a baseball player and there's a lot of baseball that is played um, in the movie. So, yeah, you can call it a sports movie. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But it, at the end of the day, it is really a look in at the life of something that actually happens. Like players coming to America and being in a new situation. And it's just like it's a, it's a tough thing to, to get used to. Um, so it's more of a live look in at a struggle. So I, I, I don't know if, I don't a know fish what out I of think. Water, yeah, fish will. out of water yeah. story. Um, but yeah, it is a really well-made movie and they do a lot of things that I really appreciate about baseball too. Um, mainly they don't portray baseball as like this, like super fast, exciting sport, which I, I'm the biggest baseball fan. Like I love baseball and that's not what baseball is. They, like the the actual sports play in the movie, it's not like the best baseball scenes you've ever seen, but it's it's slow and it's quiet and like that's what kind of that's kind of what baseball is. Emphasizes the mental aspect of it. Yeah, and I I really love pitching theory, I guess is what I'll call it. And so the fact that he was a pitcher made it really fun for me, and uh, got really mad at himself for hanging a curveball one one to a opposite handed batter can't be doing that man gotta put that in the dirt sorry (laughs) yeah i I think i thought that the like culture shock fish out of water stuff is what worked the best about it like things that like he just goes to this average middle of nowhere midwestern town to play minor league baseball and literally higgins he, he can't relate to anything like everything about it is new to him well he like literally the family he's staying with doesn't even know how to communicate with him at first. Like he slowly starts to learn English as like the movie goes on, but like they literally 
can't even talk to him. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of stare at him. Yeah. <laughs> it makes for some awkward kind of funny scenes. But also just like um, the idea of he's he's really kind of a, a hothead and he's like really cocky about his own abilities. But you kind of realize as the movie goes along that it's that's not who he is because it's who he wants to be. It's kind of who he has to be because he's doing this and pursuing baseball so he can provide for his family because his dad mm-hmm. died and is out of the picture. So. Um, when, when he gets mad at himself for like for hanging a curveball or for when he gets injured and has to take steroids under the table, not steroids, but you know, PEDs to get healthy again, he's not doing it out of like arrogance. He's doing it because he's like, if I don't do this, then I'm not gonna be able to provide for my family. So I thought that was like a really interesting look on it and like a twist you don't really think about with sports or mm-hmm. sports movies that much. Yeah, and it, they pair that really nicely with the side storyline of his friend, like getting released and like not p- performing well. Mm-hmm. And he says, he even says, like they, I don't want to be like they treat him like horses, like mm-hmm. we're people, like you owe us some respect and whatnot. And sometimes it's just hard because at the end of the day, it is a business, and it's just yeah, it's a challenge to kind of wrap your mind around that because yeah. it is real people. It is making it sound like a really sad movie, and it kind of is sad. <laughs> it is a sad movie, but also like the you said it, the lack of like the language barrier leads to some funny moments. It also leads to like some really human, like just kindness moments mm-hmm. in the movie too. My favorite scene in the whole movie is when the waitress like breaks, like explains to him which egg is which, and yeah. just lets him have them and. I was just man, like <laughs> I, I like seriously started crying like pretty hard during yeah. that scene. Language barrier scenes like that always kind of break me up a little bit. And then the scene when he apologizes for starting the fight, mm-hmm. and like the the old Higgins man come just comes over and hugs him is really yeah. touching as well. And so there's just some really good pure humanity. Yeah. Going oh yeah. On. For sure. And I guess. Um, he eventually. Uh, I won't get into spoilers here because this is a movie that I think is worth watching. It's um, it. It's a little long. Yeah, but yeah. It, it is. It is a good. It's a good two hour movie for sure. Yeah, for, for, it doesn't follow that sports movie formula where like it's not like leading up to a big climax. Like let's just say the baseball stuff kind of gets phased out long before the movie is over, and it's sort of the story of him finding himself without that. So it's not like leading up to the big game. Or anything uh-huh. like that. Um, it kind of plods along a little bit. But if you appreciate that kind of movie, I think I think you can enjoy this, whether you're a baseball fan or not. It's also for my my people out there who love a good quiet movie. It is a very quiet yes. film as well. Yeah, I love quiet movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put it on in the background and go back. Well, life. definitely can't put this movie on in the no. background <laughs> as most of it is in Spanish. And unless you're fluent in Spanish, you will have to read subtitles, yeah. which if that's a bummer for you, get over it. I'd say probably, what, 70%-ish Spanish, 60 to 70%. Something like that. Yeah, Because they, they do spend a good chunk of it um, in the Midwest, too. But, um, yeah. I don't even, like, remember how I came across this movie. I think I've just, like, had it forever for some reason. and Since 2008. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> all right so what you would recommend sugar yes good to know i'm gonna make my dad watch it if it felt like a you movie 
not just for the baseball thing, but I just thought you would appreciate a lot of the, like the general filmmaking. It's done in a really creative way. Um, Some awkward kiss scenes. I'm always in for that. <laughs> That's what you live for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's sugar, everybody. That's sugar? How long did we talk about sugar? You got anything else to say about sugar? Uh, there were some like baseball moments that I was just like, ooh, didn't do that right. Like what? <laughs> there was a, a game where the announcer goes and it's still tied at zero after two. And then they like cut to him on the mound and the scoreboard in the back shows that someone scored two runs in the second inning. And it's like, huh. but the announcer just said it was zero to zero after two. It, that's the I think it might have been like skipping ahead. I think I know what part you're talking. They about. skipped ahead. It, it seemed like it was the same game though, but they skipped ahead. But so it was like the sixth inning, but in the second inning, someone scored, and I oh, hate that yeah. I noticed. Yeah, that, there was but, kind of just some discontinuity. Yeah. Um, he was way better out of the stretch than he was in the windup. Um, that was a big thing, which is interesting for a starting pitcher. For sure. Yeah, sometimes. Maybe a young pitcher. It can make some sense. Uh, they kept calling it a spiked curve, and then they changed it to knuckle curve halfway mm-hmm. through. Like he would call it a knuckle curve, but everyone else would call it a spiked curve. Which he was the only one who was right. That is That pitch is called a knuckle curve. Yeah. And I don't know. Some like Sometimes baseball just gets really like dumbed down for stuff like this, where it's mm-hmm. like, hold it like this. It'll get more rotation on the ball. It's like, well, n- no. It's just how like it like it's depends on the pitcher how you want to hold the ball like what works best for you it doesn't mean if, if I may with that scene that could have been because that's a scene where the American scout is coming to the the Dominican yeah. camp where Miguel is Here pitching been defending everything <laughs> and no and it's an example of them showing the American guy being kind of just like insensitive and thinking he has to dumb everything down so that. These stupid kids understand it when, like, obviously these kids are, like, like Miguel is, like, smart and, like, competent beyond his years. But just because there's a language barrier, like, the people don't really, like, they maybe don't understand that. And so this guy's thinking, oh, I have to dumb this down to this stupid Are you teenager. trying to imply that Americans are sometimes rude to foreigners? <laughs> I, I may be saying that. Well, that, that I will not That may have been what the movie was trying to get for. across with that scene. But I don't know. That could have just also been dumb it down for the audience's sake because like as much as maybe you would have liked them to go into a 10-minute explanation of um, rotation and, and grips on knuckle Stack curves, cast. that's probably not um, what they're looking for in the first 10 minutes of this biopic. The first scene of this movie is fantastic. Really atmospheric, yeah. Yeah, from like just like the opening images to them saying – like learning English, saying like English, I will yeah. do my best. Yeah, and they're they're like reciting it. Like mm-hmm. they don't actually know what they're saying. They're just like reciting it by ear. Mm-hmm. There was also what was going on with that super frustrating interview scene where he was getting interviewed and the translator just like was just like that, that was. I think that was to show that the translator like didn't really understand English that well either. So oh. he was just like <laughs> giving the general gist because he asked him like when the the reporter asked him in English like when did you know that you were going to have a good game pitching tonight? And then the catcher translates it to Miguel as like, 
when in your life did you know you'd be a good yeah. pitcher? But he also says like when I was like 10 or 11. <laughs> and so he says that back to he's like 10 or 11 years old. That's what he thought he was going to be good. When he was 11 years old, he thought about this crisp, this game, this crisp <laughs> afternoon in September where he in would Iowa. pitch a decent game in Iowa. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of being rude to foreigners, I think we should move on to the next movie where one John Malkovich was very rude to an entire country of people <laughs> with an attempt at quite the accent. You also, could call it an attempt, yeah. Also, while hosting the name KGB was his name. Yeah, what, every, there's a little bit of on-the-nose stuff with this. <laughs> and I don't know if I just don't really know what a Russian accent sounds like. And also... If we're insulting Russia right now, I, I think we're probably on the right side of history, I guess. But sure, I, not that I, I'm not talking about the war in Ukraine right now. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> uh, insulting the KGB, you're saying? No, I just yeah, we just want to insult the KGB. Um, where was I even going with this? Yes, in the movie Rounders that came out in 1998, starring Matt Damon, Ed Norton. John Turturro and John Malkovich. John Malkovich uses one of the weirdest accents I've ever yeah. heard in a movie. I don't know if that's like, I don't, is that like actually a Russian accent it, even? It didn't strike me as a Russian accent. I, I, that struck me as just John Malkovich doing whatever he wanted to do because he was in this movie for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And like, I know that there's sometimes accents from different, like not as common that, are a real thing. Like there's an actress in Moon Knight going on right now who's, uh, I think she's actually Egyptian. I don't remember where she's from, but a bunch of fans were like critiquing her accent and like what she was doing with her accent. And everyone from the show was like, that's just her voice. <clears throat> like she's not doing an she's accent. Do like that's just else. what she sounds like. Yeah. And so I don't, I know this isn't John Malkovich's actual voice. Right. But that's I'm the like, problem. I would say I'm not, I don't want to like condemn it. I haven't done the research. So I don't know if it's actually a good accent from a dialect I've never heard before. But what the heck? Whatever. All right. Can I describe the plot to Rounders? Uh, yeah. Let me get my uh, handy dandy stopwatch out on you. Okay, Matt Damon plays a young man who is down on his luck, but he's also a secret genius. But he, because he's down on his luck, he has to take a crappy job um, to get to pay his way through school. So one day, he walks into a classroom and sees a super complex math problem on the board and solves it, and everyone knows that he's a secret genius. All right, in 20 seconds, Ben described the plot of Goodwill Hunting. Oh, wrong movie. <laughs> Shoot. That was even the first trailer on the Blu-ray was for Goodwill Hunting. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the plot beats aren't I mean, for part of it, I guess, aren't all that far apart. Um, this movie's about poker. Uh, instead of math, yeah. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt Damon. Um, he like tried to he paid his way through law school basically by being getting big scores playing poker. You gotta hit Between, one big bluff of an hour. Yeah, and but like with really seedy, low life places with some dangerous people. Well, playing in illegal poker games. Yeah, um, and then he, 
loses a big hand to John Malkovich and uh, basically quits because he's like, I don't have any more money to spend. He spent all his tuition money. He's in law school. He's in law school. Um, and his girlfriend also doesn't want him to keep playing because... Because he lost everything. Because he lost everything. He made a run at it. But then he goes and gets Edward Norton out of prison. His old worm. friend. Worm. And he's quite a worm. What a good name. He's, yeah, shady character. Um, and Worm convinces him to kind of get back into things. And so they go and hit all these poker games. Good role model, Worm. <laughs> and uh, they get in even deeper. And... So Worm has some outstanding debts from before he went into the house. And those people he owes money come back to find him afterwards. Mm. And it actually ends up being KGB who, I guess that's a spoiler, but it actually it still ends up being KGB who, John Malkovich's character, that Well, we need Matt Damon money. to have a face-off with John Malkovich again. Yes. In the movie. So because, even though John Malkovich doesn't show up for an hour and a half... We still have him be the main villain. Yeah. The main villain is losing at cards. <laughs> right. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, so it's not necessarily, John Malkovich just plays a role in that at one point. But the, the yeah, the main like conflict here is, it's not even Matt Damon, whose name was Mike in the movie, and his struggle to like keep Worm out of trouble. It's like, how far does he go to mm. to keep playing cards and to make the money and do what he has to do? Matt Damon, like his character is someone who just like almost doesn't belong in this world because he's like more loyal and principled than all these other people. Mm -hmm. Like he keeps getting involved with this stuff to like bail Worm out because Worm keeps getting in deeper and deeper and deeper. And he's and he keeps vouching like, for the yeah. guy, getting himself involved when he didn't doesn't shouldn't yeah. Shouldn't and, be. and someone with like that unselfish of a heart like doesn't belong in the seedy underbelly where all these illegal card games are going on. He wants to play straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Th this I enjoyed this movie. Um, What's not to love about this yeah, movie? Yeah, it, it, awesome. it goes down quick and easy, and like the time flew when I was watching this. How many times throughout watching this movie? Did you think to yourself, I kind of want to play poker? <laughs> right. Because yeah. it's, it's every scene that you think, I want to play poker. Yeah. This game will make you want to play cards. And it's also cool, like showing how they, they hop around to like all the different games that are going on. And it's all these different like levels of the society and places you wouldn't expect. Uh -huh. Like, like the going to where all the like the police officers play for like huge money, or they go to like the literal underground fancy people playing in a darkly lit room or whatever. And it's like all these different levels of society doing this and doing it illegally and for a lot of money. <laughs> well, they say the nicer the guy, the worse the card player. And these guys are sweethearts. Yeah. That doesn't end up well for either of them when they find out that Worm is cheating and they like literally beat them. Half hey, I was half. winning before this guy showed up. That, yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, they get it. They're cops. They know what's going on. <laughs> If Worm could have just stayed out of it and came back in eight hours, everything would have been fine. But Worm can't keep himself out of anything. It's also fun because Including I, that dude's mother. <laughs> That's the funniest line in the movie. Um, but I like don't know a ton about poker. Neither do I. I played like I really didn't understand a lot of the things they were saying. No. But like you pick it up. They a narrate bit. so constantly though. Like 
Matt Damon's like narrating most of this movie. Oh yeah. And I'm not, I'm not most, I'm not a fan most of the time of that. Um, like I feel it's kind of like a crutch, but when it's Matt, Damon, but when it's Matt Damon, like, and it, it works so well weaved into this movie. I'm glad you said that. I was just thinking like, I thought the exact same thing. It, Matt Damon explaining poker for an hour is a, makes for right. a freaking great movie. Yeah. And, and like, most movies having narration the whole time, like that's just overkill. It's like, you know what's happening. You don't mm-hmm. need them saying everything that's happening. But when you're talking about poker hands and rules and what's going on in a particular game, like you do need that. Yeah. And the fact that it's Matt Damon makes it a hundred times better too. Yeah. He's, he's so talented. <laughs> the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. The talented Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. I... <laughs> There's not like a lot to add about this movie, honestly. There is potential for a sequel. Really? After all this time? Ed Norton has been vocal about being willing to come back and playing Worm again. And Matt Damon on the Bill Simmons podcast did say that he would come back for a se- sequel as well. Well, let's do it. I don't know what is what the holdup is. Where's my sequel to Rounders? Well, I'd like to see him do something more with Worm's character because they give him kind of an inauspicious end. Like, oh, he yeah. just like fades out of the story. Like that's kind of intentional and it makes sense. But like, you would like to see that resolved a little bit better. Heck, I wouldn't even be that upset if it was literally the same like plot. It was Worm comes back in the picture, Mike has quit gambling again. And they and then, the same <laughs> it's just the same thing <laughs> comes back up. John Malkovich still plays the bad guy, but he has like an outrageous British accent. <laughs> <laughs> just plays a completely different character. They do what they do with like 22 jump street. And like, like her ice cube is just saying like, it's we're doing it the second time, but different, but the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Matt Damon's narrating. It's the same thing that we did last time. <laughs> I wouldn't be that mad. I think that would be I'd a be lot of fun. For it. Yeah, I I wasn't too familiar with this movie, honestly. Like for I, especially for how many big name actors yeah, there are in it. And like there, they're everywhere. But it's a fun little diversion, you know. You don't have to put too much thought into it. No, it's just a it's, good it time. flies by. It's a rewatchable for sure. It's yeah. just at any point you can just pick it up and just keep watching. It's it's a it's a good time. Yeah. Would yeah. you recommend? I would recommend. Would you recommend to your dad? Mm, he makes fun of poker a lot. Every time it's on, it would like scrolling through the channels if it was on TV, he would make fun of it, then change the channel. Well, so, why is it on TV is my thing. That like, is who, a good question. Like who watches it? Uh, Maybe Matt, we Matt sh- Damon. <laughs> we, we don't, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that. Thanks for listening to the movie swap. We'll do something else after this break. All right, all right, all right. We have a Stranger Things trailer for season four. You guys loved it so much last time we live reacted to a trailer that uh, we're going to do it again. And once again, I have seen this. Phil is not. Because apparently I don't know when trailers come out anymore. I was like late on this one. Like it took me a few days. Seriously? Yeah, it's been out for a while. But got to give the people what they want. So we are starting it. If you want to start with us, this trailer is three minutes and 16 seconds long. Yeah, We are starting it in three, 
two, one. That's Satan. A grandfather clock is never a good sign. No. Has it ever been a good sign? I I don't think so. I can't think of one. Looking at Billy's Billy, grave. Billy. Billy. Dear Billy, I don't know if he can even hear this. He can't. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. He died a hero. <laughs> He did. Ever since he left, everything's been a total disaster. Steve. Lucas. Basketball. Yeah, L's never been normal. <gasps> oh no. Grandfather clock in the wall. I do love this music drop. Rock and roll. What song has this been? I know the song. I don't know what it's called. Hopper is still alive. Shocker. Oh, they're not in Hawkins anymore? Winona! What's up, baby? Some of them are in Hawkins. Some of them are not. Remember some of them left? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going into a haunted house. Looks like a good idea. We're at war, apparently. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Okay, this summer. So this is coming out in the summer. What months are the summer, Ben? Summer can be a lot of months. Oh, sexual tension. Do we have some Nancy Steve Do rekindling? Do we have some Nancy Steve rekindling? I hope so. Although Natalie does kind of suck. <laughs> or Nancy. Her real name's Natalie. Sorry. <laughs> Natalie Dwyer is a, a charming young lady. Some big old monsters. Oh, Elle is a younger child again. <gasps> Someone's floating. Helicopters, tanks. They're playing a guitar. For the Jedi to end. Execute order 66. Oh, the big bad? Oh my, that was not a pretty face. Two volumes, May 27th and July 1st. Why not just release them at the same They're gonna time? They're going to stretch this out because they know they know we're begging for it. They know someone like you, who's not currently subscribed, will join back up for May. Oh, I'll be there beforehand because Selling Sunset comes out late April. I think, it, yeah, doesn't it come out like next month? Official invitation to Madison Pitch to come on next week to preview season five. I don't season five of Selling Sunset. Oh man, we also have to celebrate her birthday like a week or two late, like we did last year. It's probably tradition at this point. Yeah, 
So anyway, what were your thoughts on the Stranger Things trailer? It, I don't know. It feels like I, I want to say that it looks like it's going to be really scary, but I feel like every new season of Stranger Things like looks like it's going to be really scary. And then it's it's not like not scary, but it's not. It's got the lighter tone. With it, it it's not like a horror movie. Yes, the, the trailer made it look rather horrifying. Um, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to a little scarier season, especially since the actors are getting older and um, it can it can be more a little more comfortable to have more of an adult tone. Um, that way, and the fan base is older too. How how old were we when this show came out? We were freshmen, sophomores in college. Yeah, it's been a while. Like I was like I was like nineteen or twenty when the yeah. show started. I don't even remember. Now I'm an old fart, and I I just want something to scare me. Yeah, and they they also might go that direction just because they're wrapping it up, and so to make it the most intense finale they can. Got a climax. It, yeah, they're gonna make it darker. But yeah. Everyone's back. It's going to be epic. We didn't see much. They didn't give us really any like individual time. Like Sadie Sink's character got the most individual time in the trailer, Mm -hmm. didn't she? Interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. Who knows? I'm guessing that what we saw is like really telling us nothing. Like that's what, that's how trailers are anymore. But all the point is just to get you hyped and it's not like we're going to not watch this. So, Oh, I am hyped. I, I, I don't know. Am I hyped? It feels like we've <laughs> been hyped. waiting a Am really I? long time for this. And like, yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to say it's kind of died off a little bit, but it, it, it might have, it yeah. might've, it season's going to have to be really good for me to care. I think, mm-hmm. which I believe it will be because Steve is going to be, Steve will this. be good. Yeah. Joe <laughs> Carey will be in this season. So it will be good. All right. Well, we can't wait, but I think that's all we have for tonight. Dodgers are winning three to nothing. Right now. Shout out. If you enjoy the podcast, go and give us a subscription and a follow wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a nice glowing review. Go follow us on Twitter at We Did Not Watch It. And we will see you next time. Bye.